Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Supervalue GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be looking back over Cavan Horlers in their opening round of the Allianz Horlin League. Uh, an away defeat in an unbelievably entertaining game, um, showing the, the step up from from that lower division, um, but Cavan really starting to, to find their feet there. We'll hear from uh, debutante and player of the match Liam O'Brien and Ollie Bellew later on in the show. Uh, we'll also be looking back over a wonderful victory for Cavan Institute um, in the the Cornelian. Is it Lean, Paul? Yeah, Cornelian. So, My Irish isn't isn't as good as I'd like it to be. But they won the quarterfinal yesterday against uh, Mary Immaculate from Torless and down in Torless as well in a high scoring affair, 217 to 115. Um, so congratulations to them. We, we'll be looking back over that as well. Um, but as always, joined by the sports editor of the Anglo Celt, Paul Fitzpatrick. Um, Paul, who won your, your handball game, your doubles, masters. Is doubles Masters 40 by 20, isn't it? That's it. That's yeah, it. we so did. We, we beat Monaghan. We bet Any day we beat Monaghan, we take it. Yeah, we bet Monaghan over and cut off. And, so. and you were confident. You had your head up and you had your chest out and your tummy tucked in and <laughs> everything, as you said. It was a, a good way to go and do it. So step one to Crow Park has, has been achieved. Yes, it has. Well, I actually think that the All-Ireland semi-final, if we were lucky enough to get to it, would be in Crow Park. Um in other years, since they've opened a new National Handball Centre now. Don't be shortening the goals here now. The goal is All-Ireland final in Crow Park. Uh, it is, yeah, but we might get to Croker for a semi, please God. But we've an Ulster final on Sunday in Belfast. It's myself okay. and Eddie, and we're playing Tyrone lads. We're actually playing Eamon McCrory, who's a well-known handballer from Tyrone, and his partner is Derek Ryan, who is a who's country a western singer. <laughs> yeah. A well-known handballer, but he, he also does a bit of country western Yeah, singing. and he's, he's huge in he's country mad. western circles. Yeah, like, I'm not into that sort of music, but I know he's... Got a huge following. He's originally from Carroll. You're still going to go and ask for a selfie before the game starts, aren't you? <laughs> to stick up on your Instagram. Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> before it starts, maybe not after it finishes. We'll see how, how it goes. But yeah, we're playing half 11 Sunday morning. Class. So, That'd be yeah, deadly. Looking forward to that. Very right. best of luck. That's an Ulster final. That's an Ulster final, yeah. Okay. So we have okay. we have uh, Cormac McMahon and Conor Owens are in the junior doubles Ulster semi-final on Saturday as well. They had a good win in the first round the other night against Monaghan lads as well. Um Joe Dillon and Patrick Clerken are playing in intermediate doubles oh. in a semi-final as well um, against Owen McGinty from Monaghan and Tiernan O'Rourke from Monaghan who's a former Monaghan under 20 footballer. Mm. Um, and Owen McGinty is a, a familiar name to handball followers. Yeah, right? he's, a, he's a top top talent now. Um, who else have we got? Uh, I'm not sure who else is in action this week. I think that could be it for this weekend but we're into the, into the thick of it now that it's really started. This year the, the doubles has been played first the first time ever they've changed that I'm not sure why but traditionally they used to play them both together so you'd have a singles game this week a doubles game next week then they changed it about 10 years ago that they played all the singles and then played all the doubles afterwards Okay. Uh, so now this year they're playing the doubles force so I'm not sure the reason but um, yes. maybe by by playing doubles more are then inclined to go and play the singles whereas we play the singles then yeah. picking up players for the doubles yeah the, that, was, that point was made to me too now I always would have thought that by playing the by playing the double second, you kept more people playing more handball for longer, because when people are knocked out of the championship, they tend to to hang up the gloves for for a month or two. Whereas if you play the double second, uh, the stronger fella might be playing the singles, or maybe both will be playing the singles. Um, but okay, if, yeah. if the other fella will be tipping away anyway, he's still involved. He's got to keep playing because his doubles is coming up. So he's playing for a couple of months that the singles is on, and then which, he's into his doubles action, which is better for development. 
Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> Let's not. I know where you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> On the Talshin Cup. Okay. We're not getting into that, but what we will get into again. Spit season. A lot, of, a lot of people. What was the comment on that? Kildare Ladies uh, Executive have, have handed in their notice, LGFA, and. Uh, Mickey Brenner was asking on, or I was asking when he posted it on our WhatsApp group, what what happened? And you said split season. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, there goes the phone. Um, but what we will get on to is, on the podcast earlier on in the week, we were discussing the psychology and, and the effect of the home support. So you were reading out on the Die Hards podcast over on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan. Um, a piece in the Donegal Democrat by Brendan... It was or, by Peter Campbell. Or Peter Campbell, sorry. Yeah. Um, and basically, he, he starts off describing in the piece how Cavan came out onto the pitch in Kingspan Breffney. The, the announcer said, and please put your hands together for Cavan. And there was a, a his description was a meek uh, response, was it, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think he said it was like a, a polite little ripple of response. And then he described, I think, the, the Donegal uh, reception that they got was thunderous. Yeah, a gentle ripple of applause is how he described it, and then he described the Donegal reception as thunderous. And, and it he, was. He there said the difference between the two receptions was palpable. And it was. He's he's a hundred percent right. And and we discussed it. So we'll we'll not go back over the ground that we discussed exactly, but since the discussion, if you want to listen to that, go back to to patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin. But since the discussion, I was thinking about the effect of it, not just in in you know that that we're disappointed the Calvin supporters aren't more vocal. But it was a one point defeat. Is is that extra energy you come out onto the field that you get from the crowd that the crowd feeds you? Is that worth a point a game? Where, how do you measure it? Well, if it's worth anything, it's surely worth at least a point. Yeah. Um, the reason that this has become this has become a, a talking point this week, I suppose, is that it's not just us coming up with this <coughs> daft theory. We come, we do come up with the odd daft one, but this has been referenced now in the the foreign press, as I call it. Like the Donegal media are now talking about uh, how poor the reception is. That that and there was a line there from Peter Campbell. Not to go over old ground too much, but he said so much in this sentence. Uh, first of all, he says it. It must have felt good to be running out on the pitch and getting such a warm welcome away from home. So, what's the opposite of that? When you are at home, you run out onto the pitch and you don't get that warm of welcome. Well, it must you must feel it bad? Must be feeling bad. And then the second line said so much. Cavan had won their opening game away from home against Kildare. Now that's a key because there's been a bigger reaction to this pod, I think, than anything we've done in the last while, anyway, the last few months or a year, I would say, anyway. Um, I got an awful lot of texts and, and, and stuff like that about it. And some people were agreeing with the point I was making. Some people were disagreeing. But like I had people saying to me, ah, should I let you down and um, play shite football and this kind of thing. And I was like, hold on. This team's after having a great win away from home when they were big mm. underdogs, uh, two to one or whatever it was against Kildare away from home. And okay, subsequently people are, are sort of disparaging Kildare. But Cavan softened them up for for Manna, don't forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, without a doubt. Without a without doubt. doubt. Um so this was this is a team that you can get behind. So that that doesn't doesn't fly, this thing of oh, they let you know and all this. It's a new season, it's a new manager, that doesn't work. But the second thing that Peter Campbell said was so he says Cavan had won their opening game away from home against Kildare. And they are normally fairly good supporters. That that's he's damning us with faint praise there, especially when they're going well. Peter Campbell is a very well respected journalist of, of many years' experience, and he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, and he's touched on something there. Especially and sometimes it takes when an outsider going well. to say to see it. Mm. Yeah, especially when they're going well. And it, and it 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 really does like what what does a manager because. I, I was saying this to you and I was saying it to another couple of people who contacted me about the point that if there was a study done, if there was a study done to how, how to influence your supporters' behaviour in-game, I know every GA manager would be reading it. Mm. They'd be going, okay, right, we need to get that that little bit of extra energy because every game is decided on the amount of energy a team can expose, can, can, can put out and more often than not, it's the team that... that that has the biggest output that goes and wins the game. Hmm. So it's all energy that you're trying to feed off. So to create that little bit of extra one percent, like we've lads who are who are eating down to the, the grain of rice and measuring that, this is another tangible 
uh, measurable sort of thing but there's no studies out there there's nothing there that I can see that literally would say okay well in order for as support to get really behind you here's what you need to do or here's here are the the building blocks to have that and it's something that I think if if it's 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 kind of funny that I I I put into that preview for the year get the supporters behind you and and, and in my head it was about you know communicating and and making sure that that the supporters feel part of the journey but winning is one way that you can guarantee you will get the supporters behind you yeah you know but winning one game isn't a guarantee i think we can we can decipher at this stage yeah and even even if it is an unexpected win so how many wins and and what sort of level of wins because we went five games last year in a row undefeated in division three i think i'm right in saying wasn't it yep. first five games yeah, yeah. we won i didn't get a sense of massive cavins following and support at that so does the does the level of opposition dictate how quick the support gets behind you <laughs> there's oh, so many variables oh it does it does i think i think uh cavin supporters were not particularly enamored by by division three last year yeah. Certainly, haven't played Division Four the year before as well. There was a, nearly a sense of, you know, we shouldn't be here. Apathy. And, yeah, it's apathy. Yeah. We shouldn't be here. There's no reason why we should be getting too excited about winning these games in in, in the third tier of football with the team that we have now. So just just to go back on on the lists, the list of characteristics of an oppressed people again. Yeah. Um, because this this is something an academic an academic study I found online. And for anyone who didn't hear the Patreon pod the other day, I'm not going to rehash the entire podcast, but just this point, because there'll be some people who didn't. Um, now, as I read these out, just listen. And if you're for, list, for listeners, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Imagine the type of person I'm describing to you. Think here. of Jason taking on his man. <laughs> <laughs> you're in a warm place. You're in Thonus. You're eating an ice cream. Um, these, these are these are the. Uh, this is the list of characteristics okay, of yeah. an oppressed people. And I'm, it's not written specifically with football supporters in mind, but it's probably talking about people who are maybe colonised or whatever. But ask yourself how many of these apply to Cavan. Damaged self-respect, negative attacks on leaders, unbelievably prevalent in Cavan, divisive behaviour, fault-finding manner, complaining, backbiting, fierce criticism, expecting win-lose situations and pessimism. Now, I was discussing talking to someone this morning and, and he sent me a, uh, if you just happened to find a programme and it was the 2016 Calvin Galway game and uh, we were talking about uh, the the team that day and I mentioned a player or two on it and I was I was saying like you could make an argument that that team was as strong or stronger than 2020 and um, you know, there, yeah, were fe- there were fellas... Could. There were fellas that couldn't make the team in 2016 who made it in 2020 and so on. Yeah. Um, now, in fairness, there were a couple of maybe weak links on in 2016 too, but uh, I listed a player too and he's kind of like, ah, no, they were no good. And I, and we were laughing and I was saying, uh, you know, fault-finding manner. Yeah. You know, so really and truly, like, I honestly believe at, at this stage that Gavin have been oppressed as a county for so long. I wonder... If we hadn't enjoyed the success we did in our first in the first fifty years last year, the first half of the of the century, not last year, last century, yeah. the first half of the century, would we have endured, or would we have enjoyed a better second half of the century? Oh dear God! Don't don't get into that psychology. Well, no, think about it. Would you nearly be better off starting from scratch the way a lot of counties did? Tyrone, for example, the one that forced us to title in nineteen fifty six. But you, the socioeconomic influences there that they were the oppressed in the middle of being oppressed, and therefore to hold their identity, they had the GEA yeah. to 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 do that. We didn't have that in Cavan. Yeah, look, there's a perfect storm of factors. I think in Cavan, it's often discussed what what happened Cavan football, like the fall of this empire, and it's left a situation where. Football remains the main sporting and cultural pursuit in the county. I was talking to Arthur Sullivan yeah. yesterday, and Arthur had a brilliant read on it, as you'd expect from from from, from Arthur. Yeah, and that was the point he made. Like, it's this is a real thing. This yeah. is not just like oh yeah, there's football, you know, big football county, and and leave it at that. It, it is a tangible thing. Go through the archives of the Celt or whatever. There probably has never been 
as many column inches devoted to anything other than football and the conversations and so on. So it, it is the main sporting and cultural pursuit in the county. Why has the success uh, not matched that? And I honestly believe that sustained defeat and disappointment has created this atmosphere where, where now, I, I honestly believe this, the Cavan team, when they go out, instead of having the support of their own fans, they must overcome their own fans. It's another thing that they must yeah. actually overcome. There's the toxicity in the discourse in Cavan is horrendous. Like all those things I listed, this, this undermining of of leaders mm-hmm. and people in prominent positions, and just the general disparaging of of players. And I give you some examples of. <clears throat> so I'm trying to I'm trying to pinpoint when this changed, and I looked. Had a good look back through newspaper archives and stuff the other evening and looking back through results and trying to remember the context of them and the mood music around them. Like in 2020, Colin O'Rourke was, was on the telly before Cavan played Dublin. And he talked about, about he, he had a few light-hearted jibes at the Cavan supporters. Um, and he was kind of saying that about COVID, they're all going to get the COVID vaccine now because it's free and all this kind of thing, which, which is grand. But he finished it up by, by saying that uh, he was he was born in, and reared for a short time in Leitrim, then he moved to, to Mead, both border encounters with Cavan. He knows Cavan intimately. He said, Cavan are the most wonderful, passionate GA people you could ever meet. I would say the best supporters in the country. And that is the, that is the, the name there that we have. There is a perception. Well, you get a name for, for uh, rising early and you can, you can lie in bed all day. Yeah. I went back to 1968. Um, T.P. O'Reilly was quoted in the Gaelic Weekly magazine and he was Cavan World's champions at the time. But he was saying, We'd fancy ourselves to beat that uh, Donegal or down any day of the weekend. That was the final. Yeah. Any day we get them, we'd fancy ourselves. Yeah. Direct quote. So what? Yeah, 100%. Said, uh, from the CMA, I remember Jim McDonald uh, being quoted before the 1962 All Ireland semi final. From the CMA. From the same era. Oh, from the same era. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's the CMA. I was like, what the hell is the CMA? Go on. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he was quoted before the 1962 All Ireland semi final against Roscommon, and he, he said, like, we're in with a huge chance here. Like, like we have to have a massive chance in this game. If we've just beaten Darren, the two-time All Ireland champions, had Roscommon beaten Darren, they'd be talked up to the rooftops. Now, Kevin did end up losing that game. That's uh, one of the heartbreaking defeats, wasn't it? <coughs> yeah, that was one where they had sixteen wides or whatever. Colin McIlarney <coughs> touched on it big time, and there's two two other figures, well-known All Ireland winning figures in Ulster, who who I found quotes referencing them. Now, I reference Colin's quote. The last day, but to go through it again, I interviewed him a few years ago. He said, In those days, Cavan were coming breathing fire, and unless you're ready to run through brick walls, you were going to be on the receiving end of it. Now, Joyce McMullen was interviewed from the Donegal 92 team uh, before Cavan played Donegal in the, in the 2019 Ulster final. Joyce was interviewed, and he talked about those four years from 89, 1991, where Cavan played Donegal because the draw used to be done on a two year basis back then. Right, yeah. And we got Donegal twice, and Donegal were very strong. They won the two Ulsters two and an All Ireland in that period. But they did struggle with Cavan. Mm. Cavan used to put, be able to pull it up to them. And he had, the, he had, there's one very funny line in this. He said, it, it was very evident with them that they were a really proud football county. The tradition stood to them, and they believed they had the chests out. They were strange enough characters. Some of them mightn't have been very good players, but they made themselves look big and they behaved as if they were great players. That's what they had, tradition. It was like, we'll have the blue jersey on and we'll be hard to beat. That is still there in Cavan teams. I don't think it's still there in Cavan teams, but it's certainly not still there in Cavan supporters. Definitely not. Definitely Definitely not. not. So, how do you change it? Well, I think the first thing is to address it. I'm not giving ourselves undue credit, um, but I think it's important that that we've raised it and we've, like I'm writing about it in the paper, we're talking about it here on air. I think the fir- that's the first thing. Like, Ray McGalligan so, had a, had an interesting quote, and I, I, there's a there's a certain pathos to this quote almost at this stage. When I interviewed Raymond last September, it was his first interview as manager, and I I mentioned the supporters, and he, this is his quote, Damien. I always had quite had quite a good relationship with supporters, the main stakeholders, and all of this are the players. But at the same time, we have to be very transparent with our supporters. I want Cavan with blue and white flags on every pole during the summer. I want Breffley jammed for the first few rounds of the league. As the saying goes, it's the 16th man and there's no better feeling than that support cheering you on. It raises the hair in the back of your neck. Yeah. So he's called for that. And he has, he has gone in as manager. 
picked his team, sent them out to go to first round win against Kildare, against the head, away from home. Something Cavan teams have struggled for 20 years, for a generation. Mm. There's fellas who probably played 20 years ago who might have sons or nephews on the team now. So it's literally a generation. And he has called for that. And the supporters' reaction has been, yeah. Mm. Again, it probably goes back to the, the, the expectation and the hope and maybe the confidence in it. Um, so it, it, it's got to, it's got to come with, I suppose, an air of of uh, of belief that that maybe they can go and achieve something. So this is where I'm. Um, my tack on this is let's let's go and say to Cavan supporters here, right? What can we hope for here? And I was looking back. So I give you this lineup, Paul: Tyrone, Cavan, Galway, Fermanagh, Mead, Derry. Armagh and Leash. Okay? Or Armagh, Donegal, Fermanagh, Cavan, Loud, Mead, Kildare, Cork. Which would you take if you were to take them on as a group? Go again. Tyrone, Cavan, Galway, Fermanagh, Mead, Derry, Armagh, Leash. So the, 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 the common denominators in this are Cavan, Fermanagh, Mead, Armagh. They're the common denominators. The variables are Leash, Derry, Galway, Tyrone. And then on the other end of it, you've got Donegal, Loud, Kildare, Cork. I think the first group is stronger. The first group is much stronger. Yeah, yeah. And that was the group, Division 2, 2016. And we came out of it. We came out second in the table after losing to Derry and losing to Tyrone, beating Galway, Fermanagh, Mead, Armagh and Leash. Um, and then even take twenty now twenty eighteen actually when I look at it might have actually been a weaker division too. Twenty eighteen was and, and subsequent championship results to bear that out. Yeah, loud. I mean, yeah, there was there was a weak enough one in twenty eighteen, but we came out of it. We 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 came out of it with one loss in that division, um, in division two, and now we're in a division two that I think we will probably look back at the end of this division two and go. That wasn't actually that strong of a division two. We could come out of here. But what I would hate to think is that we lose a home game, another home game, by a single point where our supporters didn't do a little bit more to try to help the team. So, And even our away <coughs> games, like, right, Parky Cueve, it's a long journey and a lot of people aren't maybe in a position to make that one. I hope a big crowd do go down, but, but the rest of them, we've got to be getting big support out and, and get vocal with it. Mm. I'd, I'm nearly thinking of making the call and I know I'd be interested to get your opinion on this one. Should we um, should we ask Killigarry Ultras to bring those air horns and stuff that that, <laughs> that, that a lot of people didn't enjoy you know, <laughs> in the club championships? Yeah. We could do it with the noise like. The, yeah, the Krubenu's Ailes they call them. The Krubenu's Ailes. Brilliant, I hadn't heard that. Uh, yeah. Something just to, to lift it. Why, why aren't we looking at this? And I, I, I feel... Partly responsible is because I didn't look at that division two and say to myself at the start of it, geez, we can get promoted out of this. You know, now I'm saying we can get promoted out of this. We're good enough. Mm. Now, our man Donegal believed that it is wrapped up and done and dusted from listening to Aaron Kernan and Brendan Devenny and, and, and it's all done and dusted. It's just a matter of who's going to top it between them. But I think we have a lot to say on this yet. Well, I think so. I think there's there's a definitely uh, an onus on the supporters to get behind the team and like, there was a place for criticism, and Absolutely. of course there was there was Cavan teams sent out over over the last fifteen years that that let everyone down, and there were days there was no energy to it, and there was there there were probably times that the players hadn't prepared properly and so on, but I think for the most part things have been done as well as can be in the last few years. Results haven't always been there, but I don't think we can doubt the effort, and that's really all you can ask for is that that um, the team that that goes out tries as hard as it can and. and you know, it's, it's doing its best that it can. I think that is the case. And I think there's there's an onus on on everyone in cabin football to try to change this culture because it's to, it's toxic mm. and it's making things more difficult to achieve success. Now, cabin people are very funny in the, in the in the true sense of the word. I think cabin people are are very witty and droll and wry, and we all know the characters in cabin. And it's, it is funny, and there is definitely a temptation to engaged in gallows humour when you're following a team and you're so invested in it and they keep letting you down if you didn't laugh you cry that's it that's it like, yeah. so there is that and like it's part it's it's uh, 
it's a masochistic thing nearly. It's nearly like bring on the suffering, you know. Yeah. Bring it on. There is no more. Now there is. Yeah. Like it was. I, I was doing a bit for Northern Sound, um, before the league. I think it was, and and Fergal Monaghan and Sean McCaffrey talking about all the the roller coaster of being a Monaghan supporter. I said, ah, lads, cop on. Yeah. We get far more pain than you do. Like you know, I'm I'm proud of the fact that that that. You know, we get far higher highs and lower lows than you do, so we, we get a bigger swing. You are fairly yeah. steady up there in your Division One, you know, status that you are holding on to for eight years. Where's the roller coaster? Cop on, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm and and I'm saying that in jest and funly, but part of me dying inside that that, that we're not consistently Division One. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I I do think it's 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 time to just let the shackles off a wee bit and and. Aim for the stars to some extent. You know, it's 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 but, not helping. It's just but, it doesn't aim help. For, aim for achievable goals here. Mm. Aim for goals that 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 are achievable. Like, and again, I take full responsibility for this. Start of the league should have been looking at it and saying, lads, gotta go and win this damn thing out. You know, gotta go and get promotion because you're good enough to get promotion. But I, yet, I yet realize now we are. Well, but yes, we get accused of bigging up players. And teams mm. and and Calvin teams to to a to an unrealistic level. I that's often been level at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me so, too. So like, which, I'd rather, is, which I'd, is it? You know, I'd rather fail in my in my estimation when it's for for a, a really high um, standard than than expect very little and be happy that they achieved it. Yeah, you know, I, exactly. I think we've got to get that mindset in 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 Cavan. I, I it's do. The undermi- it's the undermining of of the the people who are involved. That yeah. that that is the is the thing that is having the effect. This toxic discourse, this constantly all those things I mentioned, the undermining of of leaders, the ridiculing of of leadership figures, and um, the backbiting and and the. Um, I'll get the list up again here. Like there's there's so many fault finding manner. Yeah, like negative attacks on leaders, divisive behavior, fierce criticism. Like the criticism is, is really is fierce. Yeah, it, you know yeah. it's hostile almost. Yeah. There's a hostility towards the team at times, and it's it's like, it's like uh, the supporters on mass are waiting for a mistake to happen. I don't know if there's a hostility towards the team, but then no, not as individuals, but and and not. I not, think they nearly try to take it out as a as an individual. So so if Cavan lose a game. The most common comment that that I get is, "Oh, such a player! Jesus Christ! Why is he persistent with that lad?" And and that player will change in every different mm. person I meet, every different supporter I meet. But they'll they'll take it out on an individual and say, "Oh, if it wasn't for that one person, we'd be very good." So that they're not really trying to knock the whole lot of it, but by knocking the sum of the parts, you're knocking the whole lot. Yeah. And, and 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 there is that that part on it. Here's I here's suppose, another one, Damien. Uh, just very quickly. Yeah. Something I've detected among older cabin players, fellas who gave it a good few years, packed it in or retired or whatever. Uh, well, I'll ask you, have you noticed any trait that's common to a lot of these fellas? Uh, something that you notice when talking to them or you detect from them? No, I can't say I have. I have I'll probably I, be identified. Well, over the years, I have noticed a bitterness there with a lot of ex-cabin players. That they're not happy with, with, the, with how the thing went. And... and and there's a bitterness, and it's understandable because they give a lot of their lives to it, and they weren't they probably weren't appreciated. They didn't get the, the plaudits, um, yeah. They didn't get the medals, which are the tangible uh, realization of of a goal. You've a medal. That's why you get a medal. Yeah. Otherwise, why why is there a tradition of giving out medals for for sporting, mm. winning sporting um, competitions? It's that you can hold something in your hand and say, "Well, th- I achieved that." They didn't get that, and I I like fellas from the seventies. 80s more recent eras as well loads of them I could name loads of them and fellas fellas I talked to and they were like Jesus you're you're really bitter about, about how that finished up or you're bitter about that, about your time there and that's sad and and a lot of that I think is because of this whole oh. um, toxic mood music around the Cavan team can I yeah I don't I don't I, I don't get a sense that they're bitter about their time there I get a sense that they're bitter about the outcomes mm. more than anything yeah well, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, also, and, yeah like I I'm yet to meet any of those great players who who sacrificed I hate using that word actually who committed 
to county football for a long period of time who now turn around and say, I wish I hadn't have done it. I'm, I'm yet to meet any player who, who says that. Okay, there may be... Well, maybe, maybe they can't admit it. Maybe they just can't bring themselves to admit that. But I know there's some fellas and, and it's almost like they're... They resent the t- they resent the years they gave to it. Yeah, I I I I don't get that. I definitely don't ever get that. I I I get a sense of regret in terms of it. It wasn't what they wanted to achieve, and then some achieved, like obviously that 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 era in, around ninety seven. Some achieved that, and then felt that they didn't achieve enough because they were they were capable of better. So I uh, I I don't necessarily get that sense, but I do. I I know where you're coming from, and and I do think the county board have made a good. Um, stride in the right direction in terms of recognizing the number of appearances. I know Mark O'Rourke has sent out there again this week the number of the updated number of appearances, and I think like when somebody makes that century, that the the group themselves make a big deal about it, but we as supporters should make a big deal mm. about that because that is very difficult to do. That is an achievement in itself for any player to reach a hundred caps, even if they don't ever win a medal. That is an achievement in itself because it's it's a it's a huge indicator of dedication and resilience and 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 all the stuff that we really want in our young fellas and and young ladies as well. And I'd love to see that actually been done on the ladies' side of it too. It's something that that could be beneficial. But I I do think then if we were to take it back and say right, how can how how can this change and how can it change fast? Obviously. We want the Cavan supporters to get vocal and really get loud and get behind the Cavan team. But the best way for that to happen is get down to Cork, win the game, mm. and our next home game. Although, are we away two in a row here? Is that. No, yeah, the no. loud game is round four, yeah. Loud, loud game is round four. Yeah, in RD. So we're away two in a row. Yeah. Um, so, but Shrardy is only over the road. Get mm. a huge crowd over to RD and, and, and a big Cavan Well, there's p- definitely parts of Cavan that are closer to RD than Breffney, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think we should, yeah. I think but, we should but aim it, for that. I, th- I think it won't, it won't change. Um, it won't change in time for the next game or anything like that. Uh, it, it has what? to be... We're just talking about being optimistic here, Paul. We're, we're, we're trying to be really positive and say, let, let's get it going. It will. It has, to, it has to happen organically. And it doesn't even, it's not even, um, it's not even yeah. what's going on in the terraces. It's what's been talked about in club rooms and talked about outside the chapel yeah. and talked about in the bookie shop or wherever people meet and talk football. Uh, that is the whole culture around it that that has to change. And that'll probably take a long time. But as you say, if, the team, if the team can overcome their own supporters and start achieving success... Uh, then it'll happen a lot faster. Yeah, absolutely. And I think get down to Cork, get that win, and, and and we'll be we'll be moving in the right direction. Okay, I'll tell you what. If you want to be, if you want to go and support a team that wears the blue jersey, that you can always get behind. I, I'm going to stick this up, and I said it last year, and I'll stand by it. The Cavan Horlers, you cannot but be endeared by their their level of desire and commitment and work rate. Um, they were beaten last weekend. Where's me notes from it? They were beaten last weekend in uh, in Sligo in Markovic Park in an absolute thriller. Brilliant, brilliant game of hurling. Three eighteen to four nineteen. Who doesn't want to see that level of score? It's it's huge. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like they, they put in a, a brilliant second half because they're well down at half time, right? Yeah. So half time it was four thirteen to ten points. Now, and and the funny thing was that after fifteen minutes in the game, it was Cavan five points. Sligo six points. It was, you know, six, seven, seven, eight, up until eighteen minutes in the game, and then Sligo went and hit a a run off. They hit five scores there, one goal and four to Cavan single point, um, and then finished off the first half with uh, two goals, two goals or three goals, sorry, three goals and two points. So um, it, it it was it was the second quarter of the game that Cavan were, were were definitely inferior in but credit to them coming out like they were trailing by what have I got there sure 15 points at half time and we're unlucky really not to bring it back closer to four points um, Nicholas Kenny's goal I know was deep into injury time but they they, they, they could have actually got another score or two after that um, in the game to bring it right back down to, to a, a one score game so um, it was it, look at it. It was just one of those brilliant performances that 
the second half would leave you encouraged because Sligo are after getting relegated from division above Cavan after being promoted from division below you'd expect if there's going to be a gap in a game that's the game Sligo were 15-1 on here were they? yeah no way yeah didn't know that yeah. so like it's a very commendable performance there Ollie Bellew said in his reaction piece which Kevin Carney wrote for the Celt this week that uh, coming off the field at half time he said to Tomás Mannion we're actually still in this game so he saw something <laughs> but, but he made a couple of changes and it, it, it seemed to, to to do work wonders I have to say Ollie Bellew is one of those characters that I love going to cover hurling games because I love talking to him it's just he, you want to be around him He for him to say when you're 15 points down we're still in this game you just go well how are we still in this game and he'll give you a damn good reason why you're still in this game like Look, we'll hear from from Ali Bellew here now. I I was speaking to after speaking to him after the game, and to player of the match uh, Liam O'Brien. Trying to be Ali Bellew after, I suppose I used the description on the commentary a moral victory here because there's a huge amount of positives you can take from it. Millions of positives, millions, millions to go home and work on. It's going to be a busy, um, it's going to be a busy two nights now, um, getting ready for Tuesday night's training because there's so much to work on. But we're coming to a place, you know, uh, Sligo Herders just out of Christie Ring, just relegated from 2B. They have aspirations of something much bigger than this. Um, and we're coming here and we're absolutely devastated to be losing by four points and coming out with nothing. We actually came here full of ambition to get something out of it. We know where we're progressing to, but. We learned so much in that first half. There's so much to go away and work on. So we're going to be better the next day. I suppose, talk to me where the game was lost. Just a 15-minute spell there in the first half where we, we switched off. We went toe-to-toe against a very strong base. It's quite deceptive here. A lot of people warn you about it before you come to, to Markovic Park. And uh, it's only when you're out there you realise what they're on about. It does whip around. So we're, we're playing in date there in the first half. And we had our tactics right and we went toe-to-toe with them. 15 minutes we switched off and we got caught a couple of times down the left flank and, and conceded goals. But look... We're learning every day. We don't want to be coming home from here perfect and, and think that the job's done. We want to go so that we're back on Tuesday night to train them with something to do, you know. The first 15 minutes, though, as you said, it was toe for toe, was score for score. I think it was six points to five when, when they got that first goal. And the immediate reaction wasn't great from Cav and just a little bit of a drop of the head. Or maybe it was Sligo, to their credit, continued to put in that long early ball. It caused a bit of problem in the fullback lane. Yeah, they're they're a good side. Like they're laced with brilliant hurlers, you know. They're they're a real good side, um, and they are going to cause you problems. the The reaction of us probably was a wee bit negative. It probably was, but as I say to you, we we actually came here really intent on doing something, and to get caught with a couple of sucker punches and maybe think that that's what's going to cost you long term. It's, it has impacted on us badly today. If we could have harnessed all that in, in the space of five minutes and got going again, would have been okay. But it took us the half time, get the boys in, get them settled, reassure them, sure they came roaring out of the blocks in the second half. And look, another couple of minutes injury time and we might have, we might have been taking something home. In the second half, much the better side. And I thought a huge credit to the full back line in particular. Two of the goals or two of the crucial scores in the last 15 minutes came from turnovers in your full back line. Yeah. Um, oh, look... We uh, we were intent on pressing them high and getting at the game, but it just shows you. I mean, in the early days when when we first came here, we were always building strong from the back, working the ball off and picking off chances. I don't know what we hit there today. Must have had three eighteen or something or four eighteen. I'm not sure, but it's big scoring. It's big scoring against the season side, um, and we're starting to rack up them scores. And uh, you know, it gives you great heart. There's a lot to work on, and those scores are coming off the back of a tenacious forward line you know the amount of tackles they're putting in they're tackling like defenders and it's no surprise you know see Matty Hines up there today and Jack Barry up there today that we are causing a lot of turnovers F- formerly two of our, our, our stalwarts at the back when we were going really well a couple of years back and they're now pushing it on up front you know so probably a wee tweak of how we go about things but uh, no I'm really I'm, I'm disappointed going home but I'm really really positive I do think this is uh, we're really starting to come good with something here now a lot of people coming over the road would have expected to, for it to be a, a 12, 13 point hammering here but to be coming away with, with, with a 4 point defeat that you, you're you disappointed with I suppose that, that is a positive if you look at in terms of debuts that's about as good as it ever gets for Liam O'Brien 
Yeah, listen, Liam's great. He's, do you know what? For somebody so young, he's only 23 or so, 24, and he's a great talker. He's walking about, he's organising. But you go through all our lines. We've got all the best hurlers there, the good talkers, good organisers, keep everything together. But Liam really takes it to them. And, you know, what What I'm really liking about this squad is that we've, uh, we're top-heavy with winners, boys that really, really want to win. And I mean really want to win. Like our... Um, our training sessions when there's in-house games can get a bit tasty and stuff like that, you know, because they've all got that attitude. Um, and they're dragging along the boys who just previously may have been content to play Harlan or proud to play for the county. They're really dragging a standard up for everyone. So Liam, Liam sets a tone there, Canis, Matty, you know, he just ripples the whole way back. He can go through them all. Moving Canis into the full forward line at halftime, it, it, it really worked. It caused Sligo defence a, a massive amount of problems. They seem to retreat off. Yeah, they they definitely they definitely went after him and Liam an awful lot, which is a good thing. He brought us a bit of stability in the first half, sitting in front of the end and giving a bit of cover um, because we knew they were going to come at us and run at us. Um, and then obviously when you have to sort of gamble and go for it, pushing them up front, you can look back at it and say maybe should we have played him there from the start? But I don't think so. I think we did the right thing. We, we kept the house in order, and he's good at that. He's a good communicator as well. Um, but when we got him up front, the the attention of their defence was certainly switched a bit. So look, a lot boys to come back yet other boys to get a run next week um, there's a lot to be looking forward to so I'm really looking forward to Loud now next, next Saturday Yeah Loud coming and I suppose there's a bit of a rivalry there you've played them a few times in the last few years Yeah I have look the Iron Mate Paul McCormick who was over them won't be there with them anymore and he brought great structure and, and, and a good team every time he came I don't know what to expect from this time We've it's so early in the year there's no homework done on anyone but the two teams really they after another two that go toe to toe but after today's performance I'm just excited to see our boys out in the pitch again it really wouldn't matter who was coming Then I'd be joined by uh, Liam O'Brien after your debut here for the Cavan Horlers I think I make it you finish with one eleven, uh, as good a debut as I suppose you can expect bar the result yeah um, a lot of them points were freezed as well I'd say but I know delighted with the way we came back there in the second half like we dropped the heads there when we conceded the first goal but um, fair play to the lads like uh, Sligo are a serious team as well, like, and to be competing against them is great for Cavan Hurland. Like, the the effort the boys put in to train us and everything is second to none. So, just uh, delighted to be involved now. <laughs> it, it was a big step up. I know this is your your first year with the lads, but a big step up from Division Three B to to this standard. And a fifteen minute spell where standards just dropped a little bit by Cavan was all that was in the game. Exactly. Yeah. Um. We, like that's what the league is for. It's for learning, and we have to learn that we can't do that against teams of this caliber. Like. And uh, it's just something to move forward on to play every minute of the game. Talk to me about half time because very easily could have come out with the heads hung and, and, and throw in the towel. But what was said in the dressing room? Not much. Like, we, like, there's a few lads frustrated in that, but we just cleared the heads and calmed down. Like, we knew that we were just as good as them, but just like you said, we switched off for a few minutes and they got a couple of goals. But just steadied the heads and just told ourselves to give it for Everton for minute one the second half and it worked we, we I think we outscored them by 10 points the second half which is serious like so very happy now Coming into the final few minutes of the game and it got down to a four point game did you, did you I suppose you were wishing for more time Yeah exactly um, and rude a few missed chances in that but uh, look that'll make us come back harder like we'll go back Tuesday night and train as hard as we can and uh, keep this hurt with us for next day against Loud and keep moving that's all we can do Congratulations, great to see you in Icavan Jersey and, and, and a hell of a debut. Perfect, thanks David. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. A lot of positivity there. A lot to work with um, going forward. Um, and Oli Bellew, you know, ready and raring for loud game he was switched on to loud straight away after that game was over so um, himself and, 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 and Thomas Mannion there's no doubt about it they'll be looking at Kingspan Brefty this Saturday afternoon 2pm throw in and, and saying let's get a win on the board here because we're good enough to get a win 
talk uh, I want to talk very briefly here about Liam O'Brien a fabulous fabulous hurler in his debut he's originally from uh, Waterford but is living up now um, near his cousins up in Tearworker he's um, related to the O'Reilly's up in Tearworker there so he's working and living up here now and uh, a huge addition to the Cavan team and, and probably as he said himself in the interview there, it, there, there was disappointment with the few shots, the couple of shots. I think it was only two shots he missed, but finishing with 110 or whatever it was he finished with, I haven't got my note actually beside me, but it was a hell of a score, a hell of a, a, hell of a performance by him. Yeah, I think he's a vet, isn't he? Or he's, he's training, yeah, training, that, I think so, he's training to be a vet or he's a, he's a trainee vet or maybe he's a qualified vet. I think I was told that. So, uh, I think all bar one player there uh, actually is living in the county at the moment. Yeah. So like that's that's great as well. Like there's you know, there's fellas there that are putting their own roots in the county, a lot of them and, and spreading the horn and gospel that way as well. So yeah. look it's it's a positive start. Obviously it's a defeat, but Gavin's aim is to is to um is to win the Laurie Mark Cup this year. Uh, and playing that that higher level of opposition. And I imagine that like, it is a big step up from from and just just to the to get out of the confines of three B where you're playing the same teams every year. That's it. That's that in itself is going to bring a bit of energy and a bit of impetus to the thing. Well, you could see that definitely from the first fifteen minutes of the game, you could see it was a step up. And while I was kind of saying, "Yeah, Cavan are doing brilliant here," and 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 they're staying in touch, you were kind of saying, "Oh God, how long can Cavan stay at this level?" Because I hadn't seen them play to that level before, even in that wonderful win over Leitrim in the final last year. This was a step above. It, it genuinely was. And yet Cavan kept at it. Now, they fell off just before half-time. But when it came back to it at the second half, it was Cavan who'd done all the leading. It was Cavan who'd done all the, the hard work and, and, and the honest graft and no shortage of skill, no shortage of, of, of wonderful scores. Moving um, Kenneth Maher into full forward, I thought it was a really good move. It strengthened up the attack. It, gave a, it, it allowed Matthew Hines to get out around the... the I suppose the boxing ring which suits him lovely get into the graft get into the the, the 50-50 balls and, and do a little bit more digging there and um, I thought then just coming from from the from the defence I thought Philip McCabe had a really good second half Shane Briardy pulled off a super save or super diving block at one stage in the first half I think it was but the, the, that's the, his handball skills coming to the fore there at, uh, he said that immediately after he said <laughs> I love handball you'd have loved it um, but but Rian Delaney looking good there as well youngster only 19 years of age I think I'm right in saying um getting comfortable in there as well. So there was a huge amount of positives from this this performance that I I went over now a little bit. I didn't know the bookies had it that far apart, but I was kind of saying, look, okay, this is going to be a, a tough day out for the boys. But the boys were, were outstanding. I have to say, really, really good, really positive performance. They're playing it on the front foot. They're not... A, a man who knows an awful lot more about Horland than me... Me? Probably too, but another man. <laughs> a man who consistently tells me he knows an awful lot more about Horland and will be at all the Horland games very close to me told me Cavan if they're doing the right thing here should park the bus and this was before the game they by no means park the bus they go up they step up man for man and, and they really have a cut at the opposition and um, I tell you it was it, it was great to watch unfortunately I won't get to uh, the loud game but um, Aidan Coyle will be there there'll be commentary for Northern Sound uh, or on Northern Sound for all the listeners but get in and watch them that's all I can say about the, the Cavan Horlers get in and watch them you will not regret watching these boys play Horland they beat Loud and Breffney in the Laurie Maher semi a couple of years ago. That's right. Uh, so Big hopefully game. they can repeat that one tomorrow now. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, another great win for a Cav... Sorry, that wasn't a great win. It was another, That was a great performance. Another great performance uh, from a Cavan team came um, yesterday evening down in Torles as Cavan Institute qualified for the Cornelian, um semi-final next weekend. That's going to be in Kerry. Um, they produced an unbelievable... Um, Performance against Mary Immaculate College from Torless, as I said earlier. From Limerick, it says it. Is Mary Immaculate Tor- in Limerick, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I was told it was Torless, but it was in Torless. The game was anyway. Uh, 217 to 115. Cavan uh, Institute led 17 to 1-6 at half time. Keen Keeney from Killigarry scored an outstanding goal on the 20th minute when he collected a long uh, pass in from Michael Coyle from Latin. He sold a dummy to his marker and then sent a screamer to the top corner. Um, and it was, a, it was a really big score at the time because um, 
Mary Immaculate were after raising a green flag with the previous attack. So going from ahead to behind to ahead all in the space of a, a minute or a minute and a half was a massive score by Keeney. Um, so the halftime lead was, was uh, as narrow as it could be. But then um, Mary Immaculate came out in the second half or after the break in the first 15 minutes. They scored eight points um, in 10 minutes. Um, and completely rattled Calvin. They were leading 114 to 19 with 15 minutes to go. But Calvin then decided to go man to man on the kickouts and the reap dividend from this as Michael McKernan from Balnamore, um, Sean Heslins, blitzed through the the um, the opposition defence and squared the ball to Ocean Brown from Corner Fane who coolly slotted the ball to the back of the net decides were level 211 to 114 uh, with 10 minutes remaining but Calvin finished strongly with points from Keeney who finished with one goal and five Brown who finished with one goal and eight and Aha Mullins Ben McCabe who uh, with a point to seal the, the victory so Calvin go on to the All-Ireland or the, the semi-final down in Austin Stack Park next Friday against John Moore's University. They're from uh, Liverpool. I don't know if it's the same university as John Bishop's one, but it, it could be a funny place to be anyway. <laughs> but uh, a really, really good performance there. Really good win by Calvin and a great achievement. Like That's the third tier in colleges. And for a, a college the size of Calvin or institute the size of Calvin, that's massively punching above your weight. Yeah, absolutely. No, Calvin's on the rise, Damien. Calvin's on the rise. Key players, just very quickly, Kaelon Smith, he's the captain from uh, Butler's Bridge. Thomas Partington, who's having one hell of a year from Arva. Um, Javi McCaffrey from Balanya, Michael Coyle Latin, uh, Niall Ward from Kildallan, Ben Mc... McCabe from Ahamullen, Luke Blake, who's I think a, a mead on the twenty player, Connor Smith from Lavi, Keen Keeney, Cavan on the twenty and Killigarry player, um Ushin Brown from Corner Fane, fabulous player, Ushin Brown, Neil Riley from Killigarry, Martin Comey from Rammer and uh, Nisha McManus, who's involved with the Leitrim on the twenties, as well as Mark Farrell from Coot Hill. The manager of the side is Brian Bates, Desi Riley, Adam Heaslip. Shane McCabe and the one and only Eddie gain an experience the expert <laughs> absolutely fabulous stuff there so uh, yeah we'll be looking forward to that next Friday trying to keep a watch on that and uh, well done to Cavan Institute and all involved that's a, a brilliant brilliant result so um, so folks over on the Die Hards podcast we had our match day diary from the Donegal game we also had a review of the Donegal game where we got into the psychology of supporting and we had our reaction from the Cavan Ladies uh, Defeat to Kildare Ladies podcast there as well with Aideen Coyle. So if you want to listen to all of that, head on over to patreon.com forward slash We Are Cavan and don't forget to tune in next week where we'll be looking back over the hurlers as they take on Loud this Saturday afternoon in Kingspan Breffney. And we'll be looking ahead to Cavan against Cork in the Alliance National Football League Division three campaign and I think the Camogie is starting that weekend as well as the ladies footballers are back into it as well so loads of action to come over the next few weeks on We Are Cavan Paul thanks for your time thanks Demo